Berkshire Football Stories podcast is sponsored by the Curious Academy, a skills hub running a sales academy, digital skills bootcamp and data analytics training in Reading. The Curious Academy is all about you and creating positive outcomes, whether that is finding a career, starting a business or just walking away feeling much more confident about life. Their programs are designed for people who have lost their way a bit and are looking to change their futures, maybe rebuild their confidence or be pushed slightly out of their comfort zone in a safe and friendly environment. Group sizes are small to ensure everyone has an opportunity to get involved. The Curious Academy delivers inspirational and fun programs designed to help people wanting to improve their skills, whatever their background. You can find out more at www.thecuriousacademy.co.uk. Football in Berkshire's podcast is sponsored by Ticket Pass. TicketPass provides an ethical alternative to a ticketing industry that often profits from greed. Our platform is an all-in-one solution for creating events, buying and selling tickets, live streaming and keeping events in a safe space. To find out more, to buy tickets, to sign up to the service, head to ticketpass.org. Hello and welcome to the Berkshire Football Stories Chat Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things Berkshire non-league football. This week we'll be discussing Ascot on the brink of uh, title uh, promotion um, recognition, Bracknell keeping their own title hopes alive and a cracking promotion race in the combined counties Div 1. We'll also be looking at uh, some of the clubs on the other end of the tables, uh, Hungerford and Windsor most notably going through their own um, relegation battles, but all the other interesting notes and stories from the Berkshire non-league football scene this week. Joining me to go through all of this is Tom Canning. Tom, Hello. how are you doing? I'm very well, mate. How are you? Yeah, very good. And I should also note that I am your host, Rob Davis. Oh, yes, you are. Yes. <laughs> you never introduce uh, yourself. You no, should. well, yeah. Abby is. Uh, um, will be joining us later on. But uh, before we start on all the football chat, Tom, we uh, you have uh, been talking about uh, talking to the Combined Counties, um, well, the Combined Counties League, about the situation for all our uh, clubs. There's obviously this season, um, there seems to be a bit of a backlog of fixtures compared to other seasons. And uh, you actually reached out to the Combined Counties, haven't you, Tom, and, uh, have. and spoken to them about... Uh, the ongoing situation and uh, what happens if clubs can't complete their fixtures. Yeah, I mean, just first things first. Um, it, it's a mess. Um, I, <laughs> I think the, the end of the end of this season is is uh, is a mess. Um, I did last week. I reached out to the FA and I published that last night. I think it was last night, uh, which would have been Tuesday night. Um, the FA. I asked the FA what happens if teams can't complete their seasons. The long and short of it was was that uh, the FA said that it is up to the leagues to decide. And I think um, it, that feels like a, a bit of a hospital pass. I believe is the is the phrase. Um, I think we can all agree that there is a this is a, this is a complete and utter no win scenario for anyone. No one, no one is uh, no one, let alone anyone, is going to be happy. I think come the end of this season, um, there are there are many reasons for this that, that this has happened this season. Not least the fact that it is still raining. 
um, and pitches are pitches are flooded. It feels like it's rained every day since December. Um, that you know that's not unusual in this country. It is it is you know the UK. That is the weather that we have. Um, it, it just does seem to be in a little bit worse. We there are um, however this season we have um, playoffs. There were playoffs in Division One of the Combined Counties League last season. And might, might I say as well, this is a country wide issue, not just a combined counties mm. league issue. Um, I, I think there's probably some Italian league teams, some Southern league teams that are also, you know, but, but probably not quite as, uh, don't have quite the backlog that say, uh, for example, in this instance, Sandhurst Town have, they have 11 games to play before the 22nd of April. Um, so yeah, there are, there are a few reasons. I think that the fact that the playoffs mean there's a hard cutoff of the 22nd of April, the playoffs in, in step five this season as well, which is, which is new this year. Um, there are uh, a lot of ground shares, which I think I think it's fair to say has been caused by the expansion of the non-league football pyramid, um, meaning there are more more teams have had to be promoted, more teams have been promoted that don't have the required facilities. The actual ground gradings themselves haven't changed; they are just simply being enforced, and they're being enforced because, um, for example, a couple of years ago, the Hellenic League Division One East. Uh, was I think at various points has been anything between eleven and fifteen teams, meaning that most of the time you don't need midweek fixtures. Meaning your Finch Hampsteads and um, other other teams that had otherwise good grounds didn't have floodlights. Um, so so in a twenty team division you have to have uh, midweek games. You need floodlights. I, I, you know I'm sure there could have been some 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 back and forth on that but in the end all that would do would be to cause more problems with fixture congestion in the end so there are a load of reasons i think the the really interesting thing to come out of um the combined counties league statement because as i say the fa said basically talk to the league so that's what i did um one of the big things to come out of from what the um from what the combined counties league have said and i and i must admit i do i, I feel firmly in team combined counties league in this um, so I, I possibly, if, if anybody feels I have a slight air of bias about what I'm saying, then then that may well be true. But, you know, um, knowing how difficult it is to plan fixtures. I don't know. Did anybody as a kid used to make up fixture plans? Because I, I did. That was one of the things I did as a kid. I'd make up mini imaginary Subutio leagues and set out the fixture plans. And it was I was I always missed a team off. There was always one team that I'd only play. I would always end up playing one game less because I'd missed one. So you know these things are these things are difficult to plan. And when you've got to mitigate the fact that that fifteen of the twenty one teams uh, in the combined counties league division one share with ground share with teams higher above, they've got they have to wait for those to come through. They have to wait for those games. Um, one of the points um, brought up in in the statement, the statement is in full on the website. I'm not reading the statement out because it's quite lengthy, but I really would urge people to go and read it. It's on the front of the Football in Berkshire website. Go and have a look at it. It's on our social media channels as well. Uh, go and have a proper read of it because I I, I think it's I think it's fair um, and I think it's uh, I think it's I think it's accurate. Um, People can feel free to disagree with me on that. Um, there, I, I'm not involved in the day-to-day running as a, as a football club, so other people will have different opinions to me. But from the outside looking in, that's what I that's what I feel. Um, the, you know, the cup runs, the fact that county cups often take precedence, and the the, the idea as well that um, the the landlord team um, 
often take precedence when having to rearrange games as well, because obviously if it's off for one team, the likelihood is that the, the other team's game will be off um, if they if there is one in the next couple of days as well. So, you know, we've got all of that. We've got we've got AFC Aldermaston share at Thatcham. You've got Sandhurst and Bracknell share. I'm not sure which one's the landlord and which one's the, the tenant these days, but those two teams share. You've got you know a myriad of other sides sharing. At one point, I remember, um, I think last season, at one point there was three teams sharing at Arbor Park. Uh, obviously, that's a 3G pitch, so slightly less of an issue. Um, but, you know, so we've had all, we've had all of that. And uh, it's all added up into this big mess that means quite likely a team like Sandhurst Town, who otherwise probably would win the Combined Counties Division 1, are probably not going to be able to play all their fixtures by the 22nd of April in order to then take part in the playoffs. And they And the Combined Counties League basically have said there is no... There are no rules. There is no nothing in the in the in the rules that tell them what they can do. So they're going to have to kind of make it up. Um, and there are a couple of options and um, points per game. Every game that's not played is nil nil, or points awarded to the away team. Those seem to be the the opportunities um, available to them to decide on. As I said at the top of this, none of those seem ideal. No one is going to be because that you know that's going to distort the competition without. Um, without, you know, off the field of play, which is not really what anybody wants. And as I say, it's a no-win situation. I think it's um, it's a it's a mess. And I, and I and I genuinely, I, I think someone someone did write. I think and um, one of one of our friends um, within our within our um, little contribute correspondence group um, had said, you know, there, there probably are things the combined counties league and the other step five and six divisions could have done. They probably know what they are. Um, the Combined Counties League have said they try to make sure there's there's a game for every team every Saturday. They, they, there are a load, but there's a load of stuff in the way. Um, I think, um, as, as I say, uh, just just to be uh, just to be sort of sit on the fence, I suppose a little. Um, you know, there probably are things they could do better. They will know what they are, and, and I would imagine they'll be looking at those and going and 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 seeing to to try to work out what it is that they can do better but they you know they they do end up having to do all of these fixture plans with one hand or maybe even both hands tied behind their backs at times yeah i think like you say the headlines being that um the fa has expanded the um step 6 divisions recently to lead to this and like you say they they're being stricter in enforcing the guidelines so again moving uh, teams having to ground share uh, in in those scenarios, and like you say, fifteen out of the uh, twenty one teams in the combined counties Div One are either tenants or uh, are ground sharing as uh, tenants or landlords at a uh, a ground with another side. Um, yeah, there are played. I mean, we've highlighted Sandhurst, who are um, um, on twenty nine games with you know uh, supposedly forty games to play. I think one of those uh, fixtures is against Bagshot, who have uh, put out a statement saying that when they couldn't complete their fixture, they uh, ha- they uh, forfeited. But uh, I mean, again, I don't know if that's official or not yet. So it hasn't it hasn't come through into the uh, the standings. But there are other teams as well. Um, Brookhouse still have 10 games mm. to play. Um, at Brookhouse have their own ground. I don't think they have anyone ground sharing there. Um, Westside uh, have eight games to play. British Airways have eight games to play. Spartans Youth have eight games to play. Now, all, all three of those ground share um, or are uh, um, or tenants or landlords with another team. So, I mean, it, it's not just Sandhurst. There are, there are other... Um, 
other clubs in similar situations. Um, and while I, I, I agree with you, actually, I think, you know, the FA kind of like being very inflexible with the end of the season dates, you can understand why, but for the combined counties, Div 1, uh, what is the issue with the playoffs taking place a couple of weeks later? Okay, it, did, it doesn't really, um, it, it doesn't affect uh, it would make the league a little bit fairer because at the moment Sandhurst are having to play every midweek game um, so they're playing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday day off on Friday, Saturday then they're playing uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday day off on Friday, Saturday and they still have games to fit into that schedule you know. <laughs> so <laughs> presumably they're going to go on, on the Fridays um, I was but, say, could, could the, the idea that they're having a day off. I mean, how exactly, dare they? <laughs> exactly. How dare they? But uh, I mean, some of the some of the teams are having games scheduled after the twenty second of April, which is the cutoff date. But um, uh, the league has said that it's only teams that aren't involved uh, in the end of season playoffs that can do that. So I think you know, FA inflexibility, the the expansion of step six. And uh, what that's meant for clubs has led to this. But I also do think, you know, there are like the leagues and maybe even the clubs could have been a bit more proactive about scheduling these games. The fact that Sandhurst have games that were cancelled in December and are still yet to be played um, points to the fact that, yes, OK, there are other uh, there's another team at their ground who, whose league and whose club might have been a bit more proactive about scheduling their games. But there's lessons to be learned for everyone, I think. Um, we've had bad winters before and yeah, there's been situations like this before, but I think if uh, people, if we want to have a, a better outcome, then it can't just be everyone pointing fingers at each other. The FA saying, all right, you know, leagues need to sort it out. Leagues saying, well, there's nothing we can do. And uh, clubs complaining at uh, leagues or, or the FA, every, you know, we, there needs to be a bit more of a proactive resolution and, and the FA uh, in particular, but also leagues and clubs need to come together and uh, try and resolve this in a more effective manner. What do you think? <laughs> I, 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 I agree. I agree. I think, um, you know, like you said, the, the simple fact is we've had bad winters before. Mm. Having pile up, fixture pile-ups at the end of the season is not unusual. It does happen. Um, yeah. It's just because I think you know there, there are a little bit of flexibility here um, and a little bit more proactiveness maybe earlier in the season. But then again, at the same time, the the only people, as far as I'm aware, the only people involved in all of this that are paid to do this and are yeah. not volunteers are the football association, the FA. Yeah. So I'd I'd kind of I still push back strongly to them and say yeah. be a bit more flipping flexible with what you're doing. Because, yeah. you know, it, 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 you, if you can't see, if you haven't been able to look back over the last few years and see what have you know, fixture pileups have been happening for decades. So it's not a new thing. It's not a thing that's just suddenly happened. You know, they need to be a bit more flexible. That's that's non-league football. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, we, we want it to be a fair competition because, like I say, mm. you know, Sandhurst having to play all those games, it's not really fair. You know, it, it sort of affects the integrity of the league as well, doesn't it? You know, it's not fair on Sandhurst having to have that fixture schedule. And so, therefore, they are, you know, all, will almost certainly be affected by that mm. in terms of uh, perhaps dropping points in games that they otherwise would have win, you know, picking up um, 
uh, injuries and suspensions. You know, player welfare is, yeah, uh, plays we, into this as well. Where the we hell, where's that? We haven't even mentioned player welfare. Yeah, um, you, you know. know, with that fixture list that Sandhurst have, that's uh, you know incredible. So but, volunteer welfare, correspondent welfare, all of these things. Exactly. Yeah. And you know those pitches aren't going to get any better if they're no. having scheduling you know five six games a week on no. them. So, so I mean, you know, we need a resolution rather than just mudslinging. You know, yeah. I think uh, I think that's it. I think I agree. The FA need to be more flexible. I think uh, leagues and to a lesser extent, but perhaps clubs could be a little bit more proactive. But um, uh, yeah. A resolution is mainly what's needed, and uh, hopefully something can be done in terms of lessons learned from this season, and we can have a better result in the future. But to be honest, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> should we? Right, we've done 15 minutes on that. Should we? Blimey. Should we yeah. do something else? <laughs> Let's do some actual football, should we? Well, uh, we've mentioned the league quite a bit, and uh, oh, Abby Tyson is now here to join us, which is uh, great. So uh, yeah, managed to avoid all of the uh, the the chat on the uh, regulations bit, the boring regulations bit. You get to dip in for the football uh, itself. So as we were just talking about. Um, uh, leagues that have a massive backlog of fixtures. Why don't we start with the combined counties Div 1? Because that's probably the league that's most affected. But we do have a cracking uh, title and promotion race going on in that division. Uh, Barks County had a big win last night. They won uh, 7-2 at home to Cove. Well, I say at home. They were playing at Ascot's racecourse ground. Um, And that Win took him back to the top of the table. They are two points clear from London Samurai Rovers, having played a game less than uh, the London Samurai Rovers, but also in the hunt. Deportivo Galicia, three points back with uh, played the same game. Langley, Bedford, Raiders Lane, and Sandhurst, all separated by only eight points with various different games uh, played. Uh, what a cracking title picture, guys. Uh, Abby, why don't you start with Barks County? They're looking pretty good, aren't they? I said it in the group chat on Monday. I think they're going to win it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, I mean, they're looking pretty handy. They're just going about their business well. They don't have quite the fixture backlog of some of the other teams. And they're um, they're making the most of it, aren't they? Yeah, prolific. Seven goals is not too shabby, is it, <laughs> for no. a Tuesday night? Um I think do you know I think they're fast approaching that uh, little thing we had last season about them hitting one one to ten. <laughs> <laughs> I mean ten must be the next goal, surely. Yeah. I think they've had an eight and a seven and a six. So yeah, nine and ten is next on the next on the list. So yeah. Um I think like I said last time as well, they haven't just got like they don't lack just the, like goal scorers and they've got multiple goal scorers. So I think that really helps them. But it seems like the whole team is like pretty solid to be honest they've had there's not many like not many teams have put many past them essentially I think really so they've had quite a few clean sheets and then lots of their scores generally teams do score against them even like when they win if teams do score against it it's one or two goals so it's clearly working what they're doing there Mm. yeah and it's quite the title race picture um, with a lot of Berkshire interest Tom Sandhurst and Langley still there in fact those two sides played each other on Monday with uh, Sandhurst coming out 3-2 victors um, at Arbor Park Uh, yeah which way do you see it going I I think I I think I agree with Abby I think it's Berks County's to lose now Um, I was just looking at the running they've got five games left they've only got four fixtures scheduled so there's I'm not sure who the fifth 
the fifth myth, the missing game is against. I think it's against Langley, actually. That was, oh, is it really? Uh, okay. wasn't well, scheduled, that, yeah. that makes it slightly more complicated then, because they've also got Sandhurst, but they do have slightly more inviting games um, against uh, Bagshot and AFC Aldermaston, um, which I think they would be. They would they would go into those as favourites. Also, I think we've got Hillingdon Borough in there as well. And um, last time I checked, uh, or am I doing yeah, Hillingdon Borough? Just so they're mid table. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think it's probably if they can get through those um, if they can get through those Sandhurst and Langley tests, then I think it's theirs theirs to lose. Really, um, we'll we'll see where you you've got to fancy Langley for the playoffs, um, and who knows what's going to happen at Sandhurst. I do I do feel for them. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, it's as I say, whichever the res. Sorry, sorry to go back to it. Whatever the resolution is, it's not going to favour Sandhurst particularly well. I don't think. Yeah. Well, you know, people talking about points per game. Sandhurst still have a very good points per game mm. record, the best in the league at the moment. But, um, but yeah, they still have eleven games to um, schedule somehow. Uh, although maybe it's just ten, as I mentioned with the bagshot game earlier. Um, you can see them getting into the playoffs, but I mean, what sort of state will they be in when they get to the playoffs? Um, because <laughs> with all those games they've had to play um, all the way through, I think they'd probably be favourites for the division, considering they have, um, like I say, six games in hands on Barks County and are only uh, eight points behind them. But, uh, but you know, with this schedule, I... <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, Barks County are my favourites. I wouldn't say it's theirs to lose necessarily, but I'd say they're my favourites at the moment. There's some good teams there, and I hope uh, yeah. I hope it's two Berkshire clubs that go up at the end of the season, should we say. Very nice indeed. Well, uh, going from a, a pretty open title race to a title race where one club is pretty much there on the brink, shall we say. And, I mean, we're coming to you again here because it's Ascot United are... Um, well, they're one point away from the title and promotion in the Combined Counties Premier Division North. Uh, are you uh, are you willing to say it's uh, yours to lose now, Abby? <laughs> I remain perpetually suspicious. Oh, give over. <laughs> give over. <laughs> no, you know, one game at a time, one game at a time. Oh, boring. I I just oh. you'll have to ask somebody else at the club. I just I'm so like do you know what it is? I think it's being a Reading fan. I'm just like if this is too good, something's gonna go wrong. <laughs> Brilliant. No, well Ascot yeah. United are fifteen points clear of second place Egham Town. Egham <laughs> have five games left to play. Uh, so that means that Ascot need just a point or Egham to drop a point. Either of those scenarios happen. Uh it, well, Ascot have five games to play themselves, so Ascot need one point for the remaining five games to be crowned Combined Counties Premier Division North champions. Uh, still not quite uh, uh, solid enough for Abby to say they're going to be champions. Tom, do you reckon you'll be a bit more? Uh, it would be more positive. It would, it would be quite some bottle job if Ascot <laughs> failed to get one point from their final five games. I think. Um, I, I think I feel. Feel fairly confident. No, I feel a hundred percent confident yeah. that Ascot will get one point from their remaining five games. Uh, they have got um, uh, who have they got? Burnham, Spelthorne, Oxy, Chalfont, Edgware. Right. If they don't do it against Edgware, they will do it against Chalfont. Yeah, and not I mean... a, like you know, they they they'll get a point on Thursday night. 
Yeah, you reckon they'll get a point on yes. Thursday night? So Thursday night is the next round of fixtures, as Tom alluded to. Ascot away at Edgware and Kingsbury, um, and Egham are away at North Greenford. So uh, the title picture could be sewn up then. And to add a little bit more context, uh, Ascot have five games left. They need a point. They have currently only lost four games in all competitions this season, so they'd have to lose all five and... Uh, egg and to, to win all their games for that to happen so it, i mean it would it would pain me massively if Egham got that second spot by the way oh yes years of rivalry with Egham. I, I can't bear to see them finish second yeah well absolutely i mean they've just nipped ahead of reading city who didn't have the best uh bank holiday weekend losing to well first of all they lost to Egham. um on the Friday game, and then uh, they lost to Hollyports three-two on the um, on the Monday to be leapfrogged by Egham, uh, and now Egham look like favourites for that uh, second spot. Uh, Reading City still in it, only two points behind Egham, but they have played a game more, so they only have four games left to play. Be a real shame for Reading if they don't uh, get that second spot. They've had such a, a good season, especially the first half of the season when they went unbeaten for so long. Uh, Abby, I'll come to you on this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we the two times that we played them, it was prop, proper football, that proper proper non-league football. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it's been a a pretty. If I kind of take my Ascot hat off, um, it's been a very exciting season for for the uh, Premier Division North of the combined counties, actually, and mm. um, it's been mm, lots yes. of place swapping regularly, which is which has made an interesting one. So, um, yeah, I think Reading City will be gutted if they, they don't also go up. Um, so, But then there's all the, the complication of the, the playoffs as well, isn't there? And yeah. nine from 16 and playing playing teams you probably won't ever see again. So, yeah, um, <clears throat> it should be an interesting few weeks. Yeah, we should say that the uh, second place team has... Uh, regular listeners will probably know going to a playoff, a winner takes all playoff with a um, one of the third or fourth, uh, third or fourth bottom place sides from step four. That's sort of done on a geographical and points per game basis. So we'll have to wait to see to uh, know exactly who uh, any potential opponent of a second place team will be at the end of the season. Uh, yes, but still a lot to play for there. Although you know, perhaps not the title. That's sign up. <laughs> Even if Abby won't say so. (laughs) (laughs) Right. uh, We've got a lot to talk about today, so I'll keep pressing on. Uh, We'll go on to another title race picture. Um, uh, Bracknell keep their title hopes alive um, with a win over... I've lost my notes on the uh, the win on the Monday. Who do they play, guys? Help me out here. Um, now you're putting pressure on me. Oh, goodness, was, was it that's Swindon? gone wild, isn't it? Swindon Supermarine. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, yeah well, they, no, they played them on they played them on uh, uh Saturday, actually. Saturday, yes, yeah. And, yeah. So uh, we still don't we still don't know who they played on Monday. No, oh, this we still is don't know who they played on Monday. Good, hold on, uh, Beckinfield. Go. Of course, it was because <laughs> it was the return of Baker and Underwood to yes. uh face their old side. So yes, uh, a couple of um, victories have kept Ascot in the hunt there. They, sorry, Ascot, Bracknell in the hunt there. They are five points behind Western Supermare with a game to a game in hand over their rivals, but games are running out now. Um, 
they have they were due to face Truro tonight as we are recording away uh, against the team in third in a massive game there, but uh, that has been postponed. So we are um, uh, Brett are going to have to wait to the weekend to uh, uh, get their next fixture in to try and catch up on Western Supermare, uh, another team that might um, uh, have to have a. a a few fixtures being uh, jabbed into their end of season and that might end up affecting a any potential playoff games, Tom. Sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> Jesus, this section's gone well. Yeah, so I was saying that Bracknell, um, with this Truro game having to be rescheduled, they could end up with a glut of fixtures at the end yes. of end, last couple of weeks leading into a potential playoff campaign. How do you think that might affect them? Should well, I mean, that I mean purely and simply, you know, they, they could well be knackered going into the playoffs, but I wouldn't discount them winning the league just yet either. Um, they, they've got, uh, well, as we, as we said, they've still got Truro to play. Um, but you know, I, as I, said, I wouldn't discount them winning the league and going up automatically. So um, I, I am sure that is still the aim. I think Western Supermares wobble is over. Yeah, um, they do seem to have put together a couple of couple of wins now. Um, but you know, I, I, the the I, I would not be surprised if if Bracknell weren't in the playoffs because they won the title. Yeah, I mean, there's only four games for Bracknell to go to catch up on Western Superbear. Western mm. Superbear have three. So, yeah, West, Western need to have a wobble and pretty quickly. Uh, yeah. um, uh, you wouldn't put it past Bracknell winning all four games, although that uh, away trip to Truro does look very tricky. And Truro, of course, beat them fairly recently at Bottom Meadow. So uh, that would be the really massive game uh, still to play, although they... You know, they still have Metropolitan Police, for example, who are chasing, mm. who, who are um, who are no bugs, and you know, they've got uh, they've got some other uh, tricky fixtures to play. But uh, you know, the way Breckle have played over the last sort of, I guess it's six months, really. Um, they you wouldn't put it past them winning all four, but then Western have to slip up fairly soon for it. It's a it's a matter in terms of the title picture. Uh, picture. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, they are um, looking pretty good there. Okay. So, yeah, apologies to Bracknell fans for the sort of uh, haphazard approach to uh, that section. But um... Apologies, I got sidetracked by reading the Non-League Matters website, um, which is always a mistake. <laughs> On topic, clearly. That's fine. On topic, indeed. <laughs> yes, but um, before we get off these uh, title race, uh, there weren't any games in the Thames Valley County Women's Football League this weekend. But, Abby, you still want to talk about the Div 1 title picture uh, going into the final few weeks of the season? Yeah, it's a little bit similar to the combined counties Div One, where actually the top five could any one of them could actually do it. Um, similarly to Barks County, it's probably Ascots to lose at this point. They've got four games left to play. Um, they need to win all of those to to be sure. But um, yeah, there's a few teams who are in around there, and some Bar- fellow Berkshire sides as well. Um, Mortimer are up there as well. Um, Wargrave are in amongst it as well, and Tilehurst are too. Um, I think Slough are just slightly outside of the, the, the chances, but yeah, there's um, a few few knocking about in there. Um, Wargrave as well have only played 12 so far, so they've still got six to go, so they could definitely be up there. Um, it's essentially all riding on the fact um, that Ascot will drop points, um, which given their form in the last two, three seasons, um, 
they had a little bit of a sort of mid-season wobble, but actually I think they've they've got back on the horse and they're uh, striding towards that final fence uh, to to make it to a bit cliche there and uh, go for mm. all the ascot puns. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think it's really exciting. Um, I, I don't think New Bradwell, they they won't be taken for fools at all. They'll definitely want to be up there as well. They are currently in second as well. But again, Ascot have got a game in hand. So, yeah, it's all to play for in the last sort of four or five games of the season in the Thames Valley. Um, I'm sure Ascot will probably like a back-to-back promotion as well. Um, mm. Yeah, it's a very exciting end of the season in that division. Yeah, absolutely. And with Mortimer there in third and Ascot basically having to play Mortimer home and away before the end of the season, you know, it's not a foregone conclusion, is it? So, uh, you know, there's still tricky games to come, but it it is sort of uh, Ascot are the favourites, you've got to say. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, yeah, perhaps we'll be talking about double title Ascot United uh, uh, come in a couple of weeks time. Ready to put your neck on the line for that one, Abby, or not? Nope. (laughs) Not at all. Okay, well, that concludes part one of the show. Uh, Part two, we'll be looking uh, at some of the teams who are not at the other end of the table in their uh, respective divisions, Uh, the relegation picture across a few of the leagues, and looking ahead to the weekend's fixtures and picking out a few for you to get down to. Uh, But until then, yeah, join us in part two for that. Football in Berkshire's podcast is sponsored by TicketPass. TicketPass provides an ethical alternative to a ticketing industry that often profits from greed. Our platform is an all-in-one solution for creating events, buying and selling tickets, live streaming and keeping events in a safe space. To find out more, to buy tickets, to sign up to the service, head to ticketpass.org. Berkshire Football Stories is sponsored by The Curious Academy, skills hub running a sales academy, digital skills boot camps and data analytics training in Reading. To find out more, head to thecuriousacademy.co.uk. Thank you very much, Tom. And welcome back for part two. Uh, so we are kicking off with one of the teams who have been in relegation trouble now for uh, most of the season and are still out in there fighting uh, with a chance for survival in the National League South. That is, of course, Hungerford Town. Uh, not the most successful uh, bank holiday weekend uh, for Hungerford. They only picked up one point from their two fixtures. Uh, a draw, a, a creditable draw, though, with uh, having to Waterlooville, which um, which uh, uh, keeps them in touch uh, compared to the other teams uh, around them. But uh, perhaps a few, a couple more points would have been uh, would have been needed. Um, Hungerford still have six games left. They are currently seven points uh, from safety. Uh, they have a couple of big games still to come. I mean, it's starting to get to now or never time yes. for Hungerford, isn't it, Tom? Yeah, it really is. Um, I mean, if anyone's going to do it, it'll be them. But it looks to me like um, it's it's four down from a possible five, I think. So mm. I think Dulwich Hamlet realistically are the only side um, that could possibly be dragged into it. Um, and it's, you know, you've you it just... It is a. It's going to be a tall order for Hungerford Town to do this. I mean, six wins from from the last six games. I think they'd be they'd be absolutely fine. And mm-hmm. they are they are winning. They, the thing is, they are winning games and they are scoring goals. So you you give them every chance, don't you? Really, they they've mm-hmm. beaten them. They've got points off some teams significantly higher in the table than them. Um, 
I wouldn't put it past them doing it, but at the same time, it's a it's a big big it's a big ask. Um, they yeah. are probably population wise, certainly they're probably the smallest team I think in the national league structure. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that they've been there for so long is testament to to the, the managers that have, and the and the people off the pitch and what they've done and the players they've managed to bring in. But yeah, we just have to just have to cross our fingers for them it is a tall order but as i say they are scoring goals so you never Absolutely, know yeah so they start this um quest for uh safety or the last six games uh, they're playing away at concord rangers the bottom side in the division tomorrow night i mean that's an absolute must win for them especially considering they finish their season away at um champions Ebbsfleet united so uh they also have a home game uh Four of their uh, remaining fix, uh, fixtures are away, but one of their home games is home to Dulwich Hamlet, another side right in there with them. Uh, they do have um, a couple of fixtures against sort of mid-table teams, perhaps the sides you want to be playing at this time of the season with less to play for. Not going to get in the playoffs, but still not uh, threatened by relegation. Obviously, that doesn't mean they're going to be easy. They're mid-table, you know, above Hungerford for a reason. So, But uh, perhaps... Fixtures, the fixtures are there to do it basically, but um, mm. it's now or never, isn't it? It, re- it really is, it really is. Okay, so um, another team that's being threatened by relegation is uh, Windsor, second bottom now in the Combined Counties Premier Division North. Uh, they've sort of been drifting towards the relegation zone over the last couple of months and now. Very much in it. The bottom two in that division going down. Uh, over the weekend, they'd got a creditable point again away at Flackwell Heath, um, who are mm. right up near the top of who, the table. They but, never lose Flackwell Heath. We've discussed, we've discussed this before. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, we mentioned in the pod last week, they got 4-4 draw at Reading City, who were, at the time were seconds. But also, they managed on Monday, they lost... 3-1 at home to uh, bottom side Oxy Jets, mm. who are now uh, level on points for them. So uh, the two sides there are 26 points. Chelford St. Peter just above on 27. And Woking on Embrook just trying to nudge away on 29, a win uh, above the relegation zone. How do you see this end of season relegation battle playing out, Abby? Um, it's a little bit chaotic, I think. Actually, yeah, <laughs> it's a bit mad that you could uh, like uh, pick points off teams like Flackwell and Redden City, and then yeah. and lose three one to Oxy Jets. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a much well the much like the playoff place. Uh, I think it's going to be to the end of the season, definitely. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Windsor are having a chaotic season in general, actually, I think. There's some been some big scores as well um, mm. from them. Um, and then equally, they've, they've had quite a few, a couple of nil-nils as well. So um, I think they're just really struggling for some consistency across this season is what's really done it for them, is that they just can't quite seem to find <laughs> that kind of ground where they're chugging along, essentially. So it's, yeah, like I said, chaotic. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I think it really is going to run down to the wire. Um, <clears throat> I think um, Hoyport have done well to pick themselves up as well off that that bottom three because they looked like yeah. they were in it for a little bit. Um, but they seem to be looking fairly secure at this point now. So, 
Waking a member, it don't seem to have done too badly as well, which means that Shalfont have dropped below as well. So um, good for our Berkshire sides, obviously. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure how this and and last few games is going to go. To be honest, um, yeah. maybe wins will do it. They'll put it out of the bag. Who knows? I mean, there's an absolutely huge fixture on Thursday night as Windsor take on Hollyport. I mean, as we mentioned, Hollyport have uh, did get that win against Reading City on Monday. Uh, so, like you say, they're they're currently six points above the relegation zone. I mean, teams have either five or four games to play, left to play. Hollyport actually have seven left to play, so plenty of games in hand. Uh, and I think, to be honest, they only need three more points, so they're they're safe. I don't see Windsor, uh, Oxy, and Chalfont St Peter all getting to thirty five points. So I think you know three points from their remaining seven games in Hollyport should be safe. So it's an absolutely massive game there. <laughs> but I mean, you know, if they lose that one, 29 points, then suddenly Hollyport are, are, are right back in it. So, um, so, so it's, it's pretty big, isn't it? And we should mention that Woking with Embrook uh, didn't play on Monday, but they did get a very um, uh, creditable victory against North Greenford United, who'd been flying of late. Uh, Wokingham and Embrook beat them 2-0 uh, at Lowther Road. I saw the reverse fixture of that and Wokingham and Embrook lost 5-0 earlier in the season. So, you know, to turn it around and to, you know, come good when it matters because if they hadn't got that win, they'd be back down on 26 points with uh, Windsor and Oxy as well and things would have been looking really tight. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's maybe two from those four if you include Chalfont and Peter and Oxy with Windsor. So, uh, Windsor and working in Edbrook. So, yeah. Who are you picking, Tom? Um, I think it's Chalfonts and Peter and one other. Do you? Yes. Very um, I, I, I think I think Chalfont are bad at the wrong time. Mm. And um, I think they'll suffer a second successive relegation. Yeah. Uh, which is a which is a shame from them because they've they've always they've you know but it's you know they'll 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 go into and they'll go into a competitive division one, um, but it's a chance to rebuild, I guess. Um, as I say, I, I think it will be Chalfont and one other, um, one of Woking and Windsor or Oxy. Mm, very good. Well, yeah, of course, if Chalfont go down, they may well be in the Spartan South Midlands or something along those mm. lines, because a lot of those teams around that area are in that division. So we will uh, have to keep an eye on that. And another interesting end of the season in store for our Berkshire clubs. Okay, uh, one other relegation battle we should uh, mention is made United nice Women in the National Women's League Division 1 South West. Hopefully I've got that right. Um, they have, um, over recent weeks, started picking up points and they're looking relatively safe at this point, Abby. I think they've done enough. I think... I think. Oh, so yeah. you'll nail your colours to that mark. They're not my club. I mean, they're eight points clear of Larkhall in in the, in the relegation uh, zone. So I think they've just about done enough. That said, they've got some tricky fixtures coming up. Um, so I think they're going to struggle to possibly pick points up. I mean, there's only three games to play for the rest of the season, but they've got got to travel to Bournemouth who yeah are absolutely flying and Celsius are doing pre- pretty well themselves as well um after that which is their penultimate home game and then I think yeah that lot that final game of the season against Larkle's really key um to pick up points there but I, yeah I think they've, they've just about done enough I, I reckon um 
So, yeah. The only issue is, I suppose, that Larkhorn or still have both got a game in hand, but actually yeah. I don't think that should threaten them too much. They've both got some big fixtures to play themselves. So, yeah, I think they'll, they'll be all right. Well, they, yeah, Larkhorn and St. Austell, as you mentioned, both with a game in hand and they play each other this seat, uh, this weekend. So, or in their next fixture, rather. And so, uh, Larkhorn win that, move to 12 points. I mean, I think, obviously, they need to be a punching distance for that final game of the season. So, you're suggesting that uh, Larkhorn aren't going to get the points needed, aren't going to get, say, the six points they need for their, their next three games to make it interesting on the final game of the season. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think they've got Cardiff City, and then I think they've got Bournemouth as well. So yeah. I'd, I'd be surprised if they picked up points at either of them. Yeah, absolutely. So Maidenhead, you know, considering where they were earlier in the season, a pretty good return for the second half of of uh, well from twenty twenty three so far, Abby. Yeah, definitely. I think obviously the manager changes affected them a little bit, and I think. They've, I mean, no disrespect to them, but the squad's quite experienced. So I think the fact that they've managed to bring in some younger players and they've brought a few through the academy just to mix things up a little bit. Um, and obviously, Ed's brought in a good team behind him and a bit of experience managing previously. So I think actually it's, yeah, it's been a really kind of turnaround season for them, actually. And it, I think they'll be ambitious next season as well. So I think... Mm. Yeah, whilst I maybe don't think they will pick up all nine points left, actually, I think the ambition will be there. So maybe we'll see a few surprises in the last three games. But yeah, best of luck to them, really. Yes, very much so. Interesting one and one to um, look out for. Okay, well, we'll finish up. We've rattled through. Oh, go on, Tom. Um, I was just going to say the one thing I noticed, I was writing an article on Monday about, no, not Monday, Tuesday, about, uh, you know, what's left for all of the clubs and, uh, you know, what the chances are. And just talking about Maidenhead there, um, it just reminded me that, um, in actual fact, I'm a little worried about Maidenhead United in the National League, oh, the, yeah. men, the, men, the men's team, because um, they lost to Torquay on yep. Monday, where three points for Maidenhead probably all but would have made sure that they were playing National League football again next season. As it is, they are now only six points clear of Torquay the in twenty first. Um Torquay have forty three, Maiden have have forty nine, but so Gateshead also have forty nine, York City have forty nine, Dorking Wanderers have forty nine, and York Aldershot Town have forty five. But it just means that their end of season is going to be a little more nervy than I think um any of us perhaps expected. Comfortable mid table was what I think pretty much all of us thought. I'm just a little nervous for them because they could have really done with that three points. Yeah, I think, um, like you say, getting a bit nervy. I'd say I'd suggest maybe two more points would do it for them. Basically, Probably, out yeah. their next three games. Um, yeah, perhaps Torquay. I don't necessarily. Uh, while they're you know on a run of four wins, so you can't really um, yeah. <laughs> you know take anything away from them. I don't perhaps see them getting to uh, to fifty two points, which would be nine points from their remaining. Um, four fixtures uh, and there are still like you say other teams in the mix um, mm. yeah Maidstone Scunthorpe are officially down and I think Yeovil are uh, you know shortly. very very close so yeah. yeah so it's one spot there and as you mentioned there are there are probably six teams going into that one spot and I think as soon as Maidenhead get over 50 points 
I think they'll be safe. <laughs> so yes, probably. Yeah. I think I'd be slightly I'm slightly worried, but I think they probably just need two points in their remaining three games. So yeah, one to look out for with Maidenhead, but I would if I'm gonna stick my neck out, I'd say they will be in the National League next season. Very good indeed. Okay, well, we'll we've we've t- spoken about a lot, so we rattled through a lot of uh, different uh, teams and topics this uh, week. So we'll finish as we always do by picking out a couple of fixtures uh, at the upcoming uh, in the upcoming schedule for you to get down to and for you to look out for. Uh, I'll come to you first, Abby. Why not? We'll start the weekend, but if you want to mention anything midweek, because there are games on <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, any uh, groundhoppers uh, dream for uh, uh, for fixtures in Berkshire at the moment, but uh, pick out a game on Saturday that you'd like to uh, draw attention to. Um, I think I'm going to go for... Oh, God, there's just so many good fixtures. I actually think um, I'm going to go for Virginia Water versus Hilltop. Oh really? Um, I it's not like I don't think it's just it's not especially like oh my god they're going to win the title oh my god they're going to get relegated, but I just think Virginia Water are just edging their way into some, kind of like the top five top six and I think um, yeah that that um, whilst they lost last night I think they're they're on a they're they're kind of a bit forgotten about sometimes. I think we forget mm. about them, actually they're having a fairly decent season, and Hilltop aren't far behind them. And I actually just think that they're two very uh, quite dogged teams to play. So I think it's actually it would actually just be a great game of football as well. Um, Virginia Water were hard when Ascot played them. They were a hard team to play against, um, and equally Hilltop were tricky as well. So actually I think yeah it's going to be quite an exciting game to watch. So even though it's it's nothing sort of oh my god that yeah like I said. Uh, a, a relegation or a promotion spot, I think it would be a good game of football. Very nice pick. All right, Tom, over to you. Uh, Saturday, I'm going to go for uh, a team we haven't spoken about, uh, Binfield versus mm. Chipstead. Um, Binfield's playoff chances are essentially out of their hands, but uh, they would do themselves a huge favour by by beating Chipstead. Chipstead is a tough old place. is is a, is a tough team to play. I was going to say tough place to go, but they've already been there. Um, it's at Hill Farm Lane. Um, Binfield simply must win. Um, I, so I, th- I think that that's the that's the one I've got on the uh, on the diary for me that I like. Um, I think, yeah, you're right, Abby, Virginia Water, um, a team we don't talk about very much, but they've quietly gone about their business this year, which is uh, which is, which is kind of nice. Um, and you've also got the sort of the um, the kind of West Berkshire Derby, Burfield, Reading, YMCA in the Thames Valley Premier League as well. Lovely. Um, which is a tasty one, separated by mere miles and a couple of bits of road. <laughs> I'm going to uh, highlight Bracknell versus Gosport Borough at Bottom Meadow just because you know they could Bracknell can put more pressure on Western Supermare. We spoke about it earlier. Gosport Borough safe now, more or less, um, from uh, relegation. But uh, uh, so hopefully they won't be the most determined of oppositions, and as, uh, Bracknell can put more pressure on. Uh, Western Supermare at the top of the league but I will draw attention to Thursday night because there is just a, a host of really great fixtures. We've already mentioned Ascot could win the league at Edgware and Kingsbury that's obviously not in the county but uh, uh, Reading City 
uh, are playing at home to Harefield. Windsor against Hollyport is absolutely massive. And Sandhurst versus Barks County in the Combined Counties League, Div 1 as well. Pretty much any game you could get to this on Thursday night uh, looks like a cracker. So we'll leave uh, that there, but we'll highlight a couple more on the women's side. Abby, do you want to go first on that one? Um, I think I'm going to go for, like I mentioned before, that title race. Uh, ah, so I'm yes. going to go for Ascot Reserve versus Mortimer uh, in Div 1 of the Thames Valley County. Very exciting game there. Tom, do you want to pick out a t- uh, game? Yeah, I think if um, if I had the ability to uh, lovely trip to the seaside, Bournemouth v Maidenhead United sounds lovely to me. That <laughs> sounds great. Just because of the trip to the seaside? Yeah, get some chips, go and watch some football, lovely. They're in the Vitality <laughs> Stadium as well, actually, this well, game. Well, there we go. Even Oh, I, do you know what? I did know that. I did know that. Yeah, so yeah, uh, at the um, at the goal, was it? The, no, the Goldstone Ground was bright. What was it called before? <laughs> Don't know. Never mind. Move on. <laughs> and yeah, games coming thinking for I was gonna choose that Ascot Mortimer Ladies game as well. Uh but maybe the Eversley and California women's reserves against Wargrave Women Development. That's uh Eversley and California going for the title of the Thames Valley Counties Women's Football League Division Three South. So a big game on offer there as well. Good stuff. Uh right, any more for any more? We've talked a lot this pod. So uh is there any more to fit in? No one's making any eye contact with me now, so I guess that means we have uh, covered everything that needs to be covered. So uh, thank you very much for listening to the Berkshire Football Stories chat podcast. Uh, for all uh, this, all the information on Berkshire non-league football, you can get along to our website, www.footballinberkshire.co.uk, or you can follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, The Works. Uh, yeah, just search for Football in Berkshire across all your uh, platforms and you can follow us there. But until next time, we will say goodbye. So it's goodbye from Tom Canning. Goodbye. Goodbye from Abby Tysest. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me, Rob Davis. Goodbye. Go buy FAVAR's tickets. You should have said that in any other business. No, I just suddenly realised that as I thought that. I should have said, go and buy some FAVAR's tickets. Tickets go on sale in half an hour. We are live currently, but uh, by the time this goes out online, uh, Ascot's tickets for the FA Vars will be up on sale, so you can get along and go support them on non-league football day. So uh, oh, a, a nice little sorry, a nice little bit of a PS here, where uh, you can go to support them. Where is it? May the twenty-first? Is it? I mean, Sunday, May the twenty-first for non-league finals day. Uh, Ascot versus Newport Pagnell. Uh, get along to uh, where can Come they get their tickets? So, uh, where where can they get their tickets, Abby? Uh, go to Wembley Stadium, click on tickets. We're sandwiched in between England versus Macedonia and Harry Styles, which is mental. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So uh, yeah, slightly chaotic end of uh, end of pod, but uh, it's a great great message to uh, go and support Ascot United at Wembley, and what a day that will be! I'm quite uh, right in saying your ticket gets you into the FA Trophy final as well, doesn't it? Correct. Correct. Yes. Yeah, so go... Halifax versus Gateshead. Really. Yeah. So go and see Ascot versus Newport Pagnell and stay for the uh, secondary uh, secondary trophy, t- uh, trophy of uh, the uh, Gateshead versus Halifax game. Good. Good. All right. That'll do. Time to sign off. Say goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye.
This episode of Berkshire Football Stories was hosted by Rob Davis and featured Abby Tysurst and Tom Canning. It was produced by Tom Canning. Our theme music is called Space Camp and is from the album Everyday Adventures by Reading Ukulele Band Rocket Kings, who you can find on Spotify and all good music outlets. Find Football in Berkshire on Twitter, Facebook, and footballinberkshire.co.uk. Football in Berkshire's podcast is sponsored by TicketPass. TicketPass provides an ethical alternative to a ticketing industry that often profits from greed. Our platform is an all-in-one solution for creating events, buying and selling tickets, live streaming and keeping events in a safe space. To find out more, to buy tickets, to sign up to the service, head to ticketpass.org. Berkshire Football Stories is sponsored by the Curious Academy, skills hub running a sales academy, digital skills boot camps and data analytics training in Reading. To find out more, head to thecuriousacademy.co.uk.